Connect Red are a Midlands-based telecommunications company with branches in Cannock, Derby and Burton-on-Trent in partnership with Vodafone UK. Our shops are currently closed due to the pandemic, but we are here to help in any way we possibly can. Get in touch with us for any of your tech and communication needs, consumer or business, and we can tailor individual packages and cater for multi-bundle deals too. Visit us at connectred.co.uk. That's C-O-N-N-E-K-T-R-E-D and drop us a message. Hello and welcome to the Talk Derby to Be podcast. I'm Blake Fellows. This week, we've got a special preview ahead of the new Derbyshire season, the Derbyshire cricket season that is. If you've listened for a while, you know I'm a big cricket fan. So we've got Derbyshire captain and friend of the podcast, Billy Godelman on, alongside Dave Fletcher, who's BBC Radio Derby's cricket commentator and cricket journalist. So we just have a bit of a laid back catch up about what's been going on so far. Due to a bit of a backlog, we're about two, three weeks out of date with it, so some information may not be quite right about fixtures coming out. I've had a listen back, nothing that will cause too much confusion, but um, there may just be the odd thing that you may sound weird if you know your cricket. Uh, Billy's a top lad, so thank you to Billy and, and everyone at Derbyshire for, for letting him come on. Uh, this week's sponsors, thank you for keeping this going, as ever. I say it every week, it's boring. But I've just listened to a podcast that's had three minutes of uh, of adverts at the start. Um, so me just mentioning a few people that have chucked me some money so I can make this my job. Um, I don't feel too bad now. Three minutes of adverts. Oh, yeah. When I start going beer 52 and all that, please stop listening. Um, so as ever, SMJ Brady, a construction company based in Chatterton in Derby, run by Fran Brady, a very good friend of mine. Go and like them on Facebook, all... Uh, all kinds of construction are taken by them. Top company. A few of my mates work for him. Honestly, top company. Go and check them out. EliteFootballDevelopment.co.uk A coaching company run by my mates, Jack Andrews and Ben Osborne. They've sponsored us since day one. They're coming to Derby soon. Obviously, at the minute, they can't really do much because of the uh, the pandemic. And DovedaleFleetLogistics.com um, A local a local um, logistics company who are sponsoring us for the first time today. So, thank you very much to to them um, please go and check them out you don't have to like between us you don't have to like buy out or do out just go and like like them on Facebook or give them a follow and it makes me look dead god right anyway today's podcast is Billy Godelman and Dave Fletcher from BBC Radio Derby let's have a listen more professional since you last came on in it yeah well you've changed your bedding as well <laughs> once <laughs> uh, right let's move away from that um how are you it's um uh, it's Good. normally a quiet time of the year for you isn't it yes yeah just a little bit of football but uh it'll start cranking up hopefully fairly soon we've got the the, uh, the first class fixtures out we're never going to warwickshire first up and all that kind of stuff so it's uh you can start to feel it getting exciting can't you with the with the cricket and having, having the test series on in sri lanka then going to india there's there's plenty of cricket to keep me uh keep me occupied at the moment the players are back 
start in their early days in their in their preparations, but it always seems a bit more real when you start to see pictures of them in, in training and, and running up and down hills and, and things like that. It's going to be a full season, but it's not going to be quite the same, is it, in, in a lot of ways? It isn't. And, and strangely, we were told that we were going to get the T20 uh, fixtures early January and we haven't seen them yet either. So it'll be interesting to see what, what the delay is there. I'm sure it's nothing sinister. I've, I've got a little theory that it might be something to do with the 100 and whether or not overseas players can come to this country to play in the 100 because they need to launch that. Well, they were going to launch it last season, of course, weren't they? And they need to launch that this season, you would have thought but they won't want it launched behind closed doors. So uh, we haven't got that. But yeah, once once you see those uh, the pictures of them bowling in the nets and players hitting it out of the middle of the bat, I've never seen a player who hasn't hit it out of the middle of the bat in a net in my life. You, you never, they, never, they never show you edging one behind into the, uh, into the curtain behind, do they? They never show that. <laughs> we've, got someone, we've got someone coming over who can certainly hit one out of the middle of a bat and... If you've been watching the Big Bash, you may have seen. I saw the. I've not seen any of the games live, but I did see the video of him putting one onto one about four streets away. I think <laughs> McDermott. Well, he's a he's a real prospect, isn't he? I think as we record this, and it may well change as as people listen to it uh, when they catch up with us. He's the second leading run scorer in the competition. Wow. Now that's brilliant because he's coming to Derbyshire, but it's bad because. He really has captured the imagination down under, and you just hope that Australia don't have any uh, dates in the diary for when he's over here playing for Derbyshire in the T20 and the 50 over competition. He has a shot, um, and I don't think I've ever seen anything quite like it. Really, it's very straight arms. It's almost like a it's almost like a baseball slugger combined with a golfer, if that makes any sense. The bat isn't entirely horizontal; it's sort of at 45 degrees, and he swings it away to mid-wicket and did indeed, as you, as you correctly said, someone outside the outside the ground uh, earlier this week. He has got an enormous range. I mean, he's got enormous arms. He's, a, he's just a big, big man. And, and he is going to be, he's going to be fantastic for Derbyshire, I'm sure. He's playing in the T20 and in the 50-over competition, which is returning this season as well. And if you've got somebody like that in your team, Quite often, Derbyshire, the one thing that they've struggled with since I've been covering them in the last four or five years, whatever it is, is getting the totals big enough. And they've got a biggish total against Nottinghamshire, but Nottinghamshire got even more. Uh, on, on, and the pitch is the same. So go out there, Ben, off you go, son. Just knock us up a couple of hundreds, will you? Uh, and see where it takes them. And uh, I... If, if they get a second overseas to play in the T20 as well, if uh, if, if they don't count um, Dustin Melton, who is coming back as an overseas, um, then uh, I think they might have a chance, you know. I think they might have a chance, but that's as much as I'm going to say at this stage without having seen them play. <laughs> <laughs> as, a, as a Derbyshire, uh, from the fans' perspective, from a Derbyshire mm. perspective, it's uh, you just worry that, like, in a few previous seasons that like you say we we end up signing someone who's relatively not unheard of but not a household name in in cricket they go and then have the winter of their lives <laughs> and we never see them and yeah. it's happened regularly so i just yeah. hope that isn't the case either that or they get injured i mean mitchell sander was supposed to be coming we've seen what he's done over the last three or four years he was supposed to be coming and and of course his knee disintegrated <laughs> and he had to have his knee rebuilt and kane richardson was coming and then australia said no i don't think so because they have to sign the uh, the release, of course. 
Um, but I've seen, uh, I've already seen a couple of interviews written, that is, uh, with Ben McDermott. And in one of them, he was asked where his favourite ground in the country was. And he said, Derby. He's never been. He's never been. <laughs> but his favourite ground is Derby already. That'll do for me. Uh, uh, I tell you what, the, the size of the ground he hit that six, if he does that at Derby, he'll be on top of the Into Centre, let alone on the road behind. <laughs> yeah, the county ground isn't going to be big enough for him. No question about it. Can you imagine him at Chesterfield? If you play Yorkshire in the Team 20 at Chesterfield, there'd be tin hats all round, wouldn't it? I think you'll need to bring a hard hat to the ground if you come in. You wouldn't want to be walking through Chesterfield doing your shopping that afternoon, would you? No, no. The shop across the road, that beautiful sandwich shop across the road, I think they might have to put the shutters up to keep the windows safe. <laughs> Um, what's the biggest just incidentally because I can remember mine what's your biggest six you've seen at Derby uh, Andre Russell really uh, yeah when he was playing for Nuts he stuck, he stuck one over the the members pavilion mm. uh, he also smashed a tile on the roof in the same inning so he was just just getting his eye in then I think but yeah he put one over the top that's probably the biggest uh, Alex Hughes hit quite a big one I think he's the only person from memory, and it might be somebody else, but I think Yossi is the only person to have cleared the media centre. And really? I can imagine, I can imagine that Ben McDermott is more than capable of clearing the clearing the media centre. We haven't had one in the directly in the window yet, so uh, I'm looking forward to that. See how tough this class is. I say it's been a couple of years as well, hasn't it? Now, so yeah, I have to get it tested. Yeah, I think mine's Gale. I think West Indies brought a. Uh, right. Uh, a T20 side when T20 was, I think it was 2005 or six, just a touring side and. It's similar, it was towards them flats above the media, above the members' pavilion, and it, it went uh, probably twice. I was on the members' pavilion and on the balcony, and it was probably the pavilion again above us as it went over. It sailed over. Brilliant. Um, some good young talent signed up as well. It's, it's good to see Tom Wood getting a, a contract and, a, and an opportunity, and then and Melton because it was that's about him getting one with obviously the change in the in the rules with him becoming an overseas. Yeah, I'm really pleased for Tom Wood. Uh, I have spoken to him since he signed his new contract. And he, had a, he had a strange old season last season. He was signed as a 50-over player because that was going to take place during the 100 when one or two players, you know, players to play among them, uh, was going to disappear into play in the 100. Uh, and then, of course, the 50-over competition was was cancelled. Uh, so he got a contract to play for the whole season, got a couple of opportunities, and then top scored in the final game of the season, the T20 at Yorkshire. And, and looked really chuffed with himself. And when I talk, spoke to him about his future then, he had no idea. So I'm really pleased that they've given him a second opportunity. Of all the players who've been playing second eleven cricket regularly for the last two or three years, he's the one who always seems to score the runs and or seems to score runs regularly, certainly. So really good that he's got a chance. Dustin Melton improved dramatically last season from the previous season. Uh and and deserves his chance. He really does. Uh, the, the couple of spells at Leicestershire in the victory down there were, were phenomenal. And even in T20 cricket, he, he played in the last game of the season as well at Yorkshire. And did okay. And they've got a formidable batting lineup. So fair play to him. I've spoken to Nils Priestley, uh, a young old rounder who's still at university, and and he he he's very keen to learn from the rest of them. Ben Aitchison, who we only saw for a few games last season, haven't seen him playing any white ball cricket yet, the youngster on, who was signed from Lancashire. Um, he looks promising as well. So uh, throw those in with Lewis Reese and Matt Critchley, Alex Hughes, who he's sort of under bowled a lot of the time, in my opinion. Um, I think they've got uh, Matty McKinnon, of course, the, the, who signed a new contract as well for next year. Leg spinner who can bat. We saw we saw him bat really nicely in the first class game at Liverpool against Lancashire. 
So yeah, I, I think they've got I think they've got a smallish but decent squad. There is of course uh, quite a large hole in it this year, in the shape of. Yeah, my favourite ever, my favourite ever cricketer. <laughs> it's going to be strange with no Tony Palladino. Obviously, he didn't play last year for 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 personal reasons, um, and then it was announced that he wasn't going to get a contract for this season either. I mean, I suppose ultimately there comes a time in every professional sportsman's life when when you have to sort of face the age, and 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 it's different in cricket as well. It's different from bowlers compared to batsmen because we look at Wayne Madsen. As long as he stays physically fit, he's not putting his body through the kind of exertions that that a, a medium-paced bowler would do, like Tony Palladino has done over the years for Derbyshire. But he'll be sadly missed. He was missed last year, no question about it, and he'll be missed in future as well because if you needed somebody to come on and uh, and trundle a few in and nip it around. Tony was your man, so uh, it'll be it'll be weird not seeing him, and hopefully I'll, I can persuade him to come into the commentary box on uh, the other occasion, and we'll we'll see him there, depending on the socially distanced situation. Of course, we would we'll, we'll still wait to see what that's all going to be like. It's the manner of it that's that's a little bit sad for me that you never you never really had a a goodbye or a last walk off or. Obviously, yeah. circumstances. There's people going through a lot worse, and we we understand all mm. that. But from a sentimental sporting fans' perspective, and especially with the return of fifty overs this year as well, I think he could. Yeah, that's Tony's rule. I think it can more than hold a bat and and be an asset in the in the fifty over. Do you? Th- it's probably a difficult question to ask. I'll just pose it as a as a, a statement more than anything that if Steve Kirby got his opportunity earlier, then. Paladino may have stayed on. Uh, I think. I mean, it's, it's hard to speculate. But it seems, bad, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think. I think. Just to add to what you said there, in that it, it ultimately wasn't his decision. I think sportsmen like to go out when they've made their mind up, and and that hasn't been the case with Tony Paladino for whatever reason. And and you, you sort of given that that how well the season went relatively last year. I know it wasn't a full season, and all the rest of been playing twice as many. Uh, first-class games plus this time round, um, it would have just been nice to have seen him go out on his own terms. But the youngsters are obviously the way forward for Derbyshire as far as the coaching staff's concerned. And that coaching staff, as you've alluded to, there won't include Steve Kirby, who's gone down to Somerset, which is far closer to his his natural base these days, having uh, ended up down in Bristol towards the end of his career. So uh, I was a little surprised when they announced that he'd left, not oh, mainly because it, I did, there was no inkling that he was about to about to depart. And they have now advertised for a bowling coach. Now, whether Tony's applied or whether he hasn't, who knows how he gets on with Dave Houghton. I mean, there are so many dynamics out there inside a changing room, how difficult it is um, to go from being a teammate to a coach. I know he, he did a little bit of coaching, but even when he was player coach he admitted it you know it was all on just to look after himself and he would naturally have passed on any any little bits and pieces hints and tips to the younger bowlers anyway so it was a, it, it, it was a, it was a strange one in the first place I always thought and uh, we'll have to wait and see where he turns up but I'm sure he'll turn up somewhere because he's got an awful lot to give to the game after playing as many games as he did I mean he, he very rarely missed through injury, just the odd occasion that he missed through injury. So uh, longevity certainly has to count for something with the amount of experience he picked up. 
Yeah, it's hard for it's, well, it's hard for, to speculate. I was just kind of saying if the time the timeline of events were in a different order, it could have worked yeah. out differently, couldn't it? That's all I was yeah. saying. Oh, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Billy, he's brilliant, isn't he? His character. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, uh, Billy. The thing about Billy is, and I'm sure we've said this before on on, on a podcast, is that when I was offered the job and was taken down there to the ground for the very first time. Billy was there. He'd just been appointed captain. He had his, he had his hand in a pot because he'd broken a bone in his hand in the nets. I wasn't going to be starting the season, but he was the, he, that was going to be his first season as captain. So pretty much his term as captain and, and my time covering the club have coincided. And that first season was an absolute shambles. They didn't win a single game in first-class cricket. They never looked like winning a game in first-class cricket. And slowly but surely, things have, have improved. There's no question about it. On the pitch, they've improved beyond all recognition, really. I mean, they were, they were absolute rubbing rags that first season. And Billy knew it, but he came out game after game and tried to explain it. And I tried not to be too hard on him because I was relatively new as well. I didn't want to fall out with the club. And you know what it's like when, you, when you're going somewhere new. You're trying to impress, aren't you? Well, it was very difficult to be impressed or to impress when basically you, you, you're having to commentate on a team that you know isn't going to win a match because they weren't capable of doing it. And it was just weird. But they've improved since then. And, and, and Bill's been a, a big part of that. I, he didn't have the best season last season. Whether he's got plenty, I mean, he's got plenty on his mind anyway. And we know he won't thank me for saying this, but he's a sensitive soul. Mm. He's very aware of of the fact that it's only cricket. It's very, very important to him, and it's it's pretty much his life. But it, as he's he said on numerous occasions, it is only cricket. So whether or not that weighed a bit heavy on him last year, and this time round he can. He can crack on, and he's had difficult times as well when he wasn't in the T20 side for whatever reason for a short while and, and that kind of thing. But he's come through all that, and uh, and he will always talk. He, he loves to chat. He loves to chat about cricket, and he loves to chat about anything you want to chat about, and uh, he'll do for me. He, um, he, when I first came across Billy, um, when I was first working with with you, uh, Fletch, and it would be like asking me how my dad was and how the family was and everything. I thought oh, that's nice, but I don't. It's just I think it's just uh, he's just being nice. But I, he generally does really care, doesn't he? I think it's yeah. you can tell he does care. And I, mean, I spoke to him after we spoke to him earlier on and say hello to your dad and and as a family and and keep on with the podcast. And I think he, he generally does, and he's a genuinely lovely bloke. And there's not many county captains that would give some lad who's blagging a podcast from his bedroom their time on a, in an afternoon to so. You see, you say that, but I go back to uh, go back to my uh, assertion that I think pretty much any county cricketer, captain or not, will speak. You look at the number of podcasts that have that have come about as a result of what's happened since March. There's there's an awful lot of them, and they pop up on your timeline or on Twitter and, and social media all the time. And the number of county cricketers who are more than happy to give up half an hour, three quarters of an hour, just to have a chat with somebody who, when you look at it and you think, well, how on earth, what, what, why is he talking to him? Well, he's talking to him because he got in touch and he's gone, yeah, why not? Because I don't think I don't think the cricket media is looking for dirt. I think cricket has 
very much a tradition of storytelling as well and of, of funny little things that have happened during a day's play. But let's face it, they're out there for seven hours a day, 80 days a year. That's an awful lot of time when they're, they're actually playing the game. So there's an awful lot of weird things happening. Um, unlike, unlike a lot of other sports, football, rugby, if you don't do something or you fail on a Monday... You've probably got to wait till Wednesday and you've got another opportunity to put it right. So there's nothing to uh, nothing to sour you really. And and they're all they're all they're all decent lads. I, I, that's how I found it anyway. And I've covered a lot of football, a lot of rugby league in the past as well. And I would say that I've absolutely landed on my feet covering the cricket. <laughs> Is, um, I'm just on that, because one of the original ones to have come out was talking Derbyshire with um, yourself and uh, and Dave Griffin. Um, will that return in the new season? Do you think in any form or at any time? I'd like it to. Yeah, I mean, it's been it was difficult uh, once we started playing again. Uh, it got it got a bit tricky because it was so intense. They were playing four days a week, if not five days a week, and trying to fit it all in around only being allowed to get into the grounds at certain times and not being able to mix and all the rest of it. It got a bit tricky, and then of course Griff was unwell for uh, quite some time and uh, and fortunately pulled through. Uh, I was talking to him this morning, actually, he's, he's in good spirits, uh, which is good news, and he's looking forward to the new season. So, yeah, it'd be nice to get it going again. We had one or two complimentary uh, things said about us, and it was just, I mean, it's Griff telling stories. I mean, if you talk about cricketers telling stories, just go and sit in a press box with David Griffin for... Uh, 20 minutes and lob a name into the pot and off he goes. He's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. And of course, I rely almost entirely on him for statistics because I do very, very little research. Those um, wisdoms behind you say differently, but um, yeah. yeah uh, it's all for sure. <laughs> well, Griff is, we've spoken about it before, Griff, when he's uh, when he's back to his best and back to 100% fitness, I want him on here because some of the stories I've heard in that press box, they're just, they're brilliant, aren't they? He's a, he's a yeah. very, very, and he's a very good storyteller. Yes, he is. He is. He's fantastic. And I noticed they've just started uh, putting out one or two of his interviews as well, uh, just to whet people's appetites when he when he was doing the uh, the community cricket project and that kind of thing. And of course, it'll be Derbyshire will will now celebrate their one hundred and fiftieth year, probably a year late, but uh, they will they will go for it this year. There was supposed to be all sorts of things happening last year. Where there was going to be a big game involving. Uh, the legends at Chesterfield and stuff like that. It'd be nice to nice to celebrate it properly in uh, 2021. Definitely. Well, thank you as ever, Fletch. Um, just before we get to to hear Billy Godelman, I chat with him earlier on. The most important thing: um, have you got your broadband on? Yes, <laughs> yes, I have. The telly's working downstairs. The broadband is on. I'm setting all my bits and pieces up now. It'll probably take me about four hours because they give you those ridiculous passwords. It's <laughs> uppercase, lowercase numbers. I'm not going to read it out loud. I'm not going to tell you what it is. But, oh, it takes forever. But yeah, no, I'm up and running now, Blake. I'm up and running. Anytime you want me, you know where I am. Oh, I wonder what you think is going to happen if you give your Wi-Fi password out. People from Derbyshire are going to go up north and sit in your front garden for some free Wi-Fi. Yeah, if you see my new house, it hasn't got a garden. Oh, hasn't it? Oh, no, no. Okay. I've gone. I'm, I'm a man of the people. Man of the people. Little end. Well, penthouse. Little end terrace. <laughs> Round the corner from a, a convenience store. There's a chip shop on the corner as well. I'm, I'm like a dog in uh, clover, man. Or is it a pig? It's one or the other. All right, on that note, 
is a Derbyshire captain, Billy Godelman. Brilliant. It's a dog with two dicks, isn't it? On the Lovejoy Hour this week, comedian and actor Andy Osho joins me to answer 15 questions about her life and career. So I ended up on, working on a reception desk, I was a cab controller, I was a tequila girl, literally the worst job I've ever had. And on the eight as a down of football, we reached the letter K. King Kenny, Kenilworth Road, Keepy Uppies, got any Ks? Get in touch. Available in all the usual podcast places and some unusual ones too. Welcome once again to, to Talk Derby to me, another another cricketing special with um, two of my favourite people. I've uh, I've not seen either of them for a while actually, and normally I see Fletcher a little bit more. First of all, Dave Fletcher, the voice of Derbyshire cricket. How are you, pal? I'm very well, Blake. How are you? I'm all right, thank you. Uh, we must just say that you might have to shoot off any minute because your um, broadband yeah. man's arriving. Uh, the Virgin Media man, so um, I hope you've got a good deal from Virgin Media. We'll shout them out. So if you do have to to shoot off, keep us updated. <laughs> I can't turn him down though, mate. I feel like I'm cut off from the rest of the world at the moment. Yeah, I could tell by your connection a little bit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you, can't then, be about, you can't be about your sports, Fletch. That's exactly it, Bill. That's exactly it. And Billy Goddard, Derbyshire captain. How are you? Happy New Year, Blake. Good. Good to see you. You've got um, a tad more hair than the last time we done this. <laughs> I'm growing it now. I've just actually took... I'm wearing a headband today and I've took it out just so neither of you took the mick out of me. I've started wearing a headband. Yeah, it looks, look, looks sharp. <laughs> Cheers, mate. I've gone the other way. What about mine, Bill? <laughs> Solid as always, Fletch. Polished it this morning. <laughs> Fresh. He's had the Mr Sheen out. Yeah. <laughs> How are you? How are you, Bill? How's the festive period been in, in preparation so far? Um, well, our festive period was, um, I think, for the majority of us, was was very strange. Um, but fortunate enough that sort of immediate family are, are healthy and well. Uh, we were able to uh, to spend it as um, as a three uh, in Derby, and uh, I've got a young son who's. Um, yeah, very much into Santa Claus, should we say? So, uh, yeah, it's been it's been fun to to sort of be be involved and, and share Christmas w- with him, and uh, yeah, relive relive Christmas again. <laughs> Quite often, but you, you shoot off to South Africa at this time of year, don't you? This, this time of year, you shoot off to South Africa to, to start your preparations for the English summer. Yeah, that's right. Usually, I will spend anywhere between four and eight weeks um, in Cape Town uh, from the New Year. Um, I was actually due to fly out on the 3rd, I think it was, of January. Um, but for obvious reasons, uh, uh, that wasn't um, uh, able to go ahead. Um, and actually, uh, being a, an after time an hour, I'm, I'm pretty pleased I, I didn't get on the plane to, to, to get over there. <laughs> we'll start with uh, like last season just quickly, because we spoke to you halfway through um, last season. I think it was June or July time. Yeah, that's right. Um, and... Obviously, it was still very strange at that point. Um, could you kind of sum up how the, the season was and how different it was and, and your thoughts on, on that campaign before, campaign before we get to, to this season? Yeah, for, firstly, I think it was it was just a real, uh, for us as, as cricketers, and I know uh, I speak on behalf of, of all the guys, um, uh, it was just an absolute pleasure and privilege to to go out and do what we love and, and play cricket. Um, 
obviously having lived through the first lockdown and seen sort of what state the, the country and the world was in, we felt very fortunate to um, be able to go back to work in life and throw ourselves back into the cricket community, although it was very different um, from what uh, we've experienced previously. So, yeah, f- first and foremost, we, we were just delighted to get back out and play some cricket, Blake. Um, I think the real positive uh, or positives um, from the summer on reflection are uh, the opportunities that a guy has got to not only play first class or first team cricket, um, but to see uh, a number of, uh, of those guys that got opportunities um, make the most of them and actually inform um, periods of, of the game and, and help us win games of cricket, which is, um, which is why we, we take the park e- each day. Sorry, about that. just checking. Uh, I spoke to a couple of lads who uh, who signed deals for next season who didn't already sure. have them. If that makes sense. Um, yeah, quite early, and Dustin Melton, the um, Nils Priestley as well. Spoke to him. Very, very interesting young man. In in actual fact, as most cricketers yeah. are, Bill. Cricketers are. You talk about you talk about the younger element, and there's a fair few, isn't there? Even Mikey Cohen uh, and Tom Wood, who's relatively inexperienced at first class level, who are going to get an opportunity next season. So, whatever they went through in 2020, and as difficult as it was from a playing perspective, as as, as well as the, the the country as a whole, that will that will clearly benefit them. Yeah, absolutely, and and not just them, sort of all individually, Fletch, but um, us as a group as well to have a. Um, although it wasn't a, a full summer, was it? But uh, our equivalent of a, a season of, of cricket um, under their belts uh, and experience of playing at some of the uh, the huge stadiums, albeit without um, spectators in, um, it, it was really, really good sort of preparation and experience uh, for them in the sort of medium and, and long term as well. We're all we're all worried about when this virgin bloke's going to turn up. I'm on pins here. <laughs> I'm, genuinely, I'm genuinely a little bit like on edge, but uh, no, go on, Fletch. Get yours in until before the virgin man arrives. What stage? What stage is the squad at now? Because um, obviously, first class counties will be classed as elite sport. You're allowed to train, yeah? So you're back in training. Yes, we are. We're back in training as of the of the new year. Um, as you can imagine, and, and rightfully so, it's it's very strict um, protocols, and um, we've got a few bubbles going, so that um, sort of God forbid anyone um, does get the virus, then it's damage limitation, so to speak. Um, so yeah, e- even from that sort of perspective, linking on to how we felt uh, sort of midway through last summer, Fletch, the yeah the opportunity to go back to work and. Uh, start preparing for um, what we hope is a is a full season. Um, we feel yeah v- very fortunate. Now people will have realised by now that in the last few days I haven't been able to watch BT Sport, so I've missed the big bash. Yeah. Uh, for the last few days, I mean, I watch it. I, I do enjoy it. It's on a good time of day for me. Um, <laughs> McDermott, just a quick one on him, if you wouldn't mind, oh, Bill. Because absolutely, yeah. Some of the shots that he play, he's got a shot that he plays out towards mid wicket with very very straight arms, and he sent one. I think it was at Canberra Stadium, might not have been 
out of the ground and down yeah. the main road. I mean, he hits the ball a long, long way. There's going to be white cricket balls landing in all parts of Derby if things go according to plan in the summer, isn't it? Absolutely. And it's been, well, not just because um, he's obviously joining us, which is really exciting, but just as a neutral to to watch the the skill and, uh, and power that he's played with and the consistency in that format as well, Fletch, um, mm. has been, yeah, it's been a real pleasure to watch. Uh, and, well, not just for, for us as, as a group, but for the fans and members, uh, exciting that he's um, hopefully going to be playing for us this summer. The one thing I kept thinking when I was watching him was I wish he was here now because I could have borrowed him to move house because he has got the biggest arms Oh, it's of just, any human being. I think I've ever seen his forearms are massive. He looks like a yeah, strong guy, very strong guy. He's a freak. Yeah, I can't wait. I can't really can't wait to see him, Blake. Really can't yeah. wait to see him. Likewise. <laughs> are you going to be going shot for shot of him, Bill? Nah, man. There's uh, there's a few <laughs> there's a few that have got me covered. Strength from forearms. I'm um, <laughs> yeah. There's not, not much ego there for me. I'm. Uh, as, as long as I get my runs and helping the, the the younger guys come through, that's that's more than enough for me, mate. <laughs> you've got the you've got the extra yards by coming down the pitch a bit more, haven't you? And uh... <laughs> well, I have to try and make, give myself some advantage, yeah. So that, that's yeah, that's how I try and do it, Blake. <laughs> couple of yards closer to the boundary. <laughs> yeah. How how different will this season be? Obviously, last season was kind of a part of a season, but still, like you say, brilliant to get out there. We're going to hopefully have a full season, but it's still going to be a little bit different, isn't it? Yeah, it will. Um, well, it'd be interesting to hear what your guys' thoughts are on the, uh, particularly the the championship sort of setup and, and structure. But um, just from a player's perspective, and again on on the majority of the group, uh, I think we we are really excited about the uh, the new format, the, the opportunity to travel and play against um, some different counties at different parts of the country, different grounds, um, you know, namely the the champions of uh, of the last 24 months as well, the best team in the country. So, um, yeah, particularly that is, is is really exciting. It's interesting, isn't it? I had many arguments, uh, well, I had many arguments with Martin Emerson full stop up at Durham, but I had an argument <laughs> with him about specifically about the, the format and whether they would stick to six, uh, three sixes and that kind of thing. And he was, because it gives everybody the opportunity to win the county championship, sure. to become county champions. And he couldn't see that. He says, no, it doesn't. There are teams who can't win it. Well, of course there are teams who can't win it. There, are, there were teams who couldn't win it when it was one division of, of 18. And Absolutely. That, that's the exciting part for me is the fact that everybody can win it. A little bit tricky that you don't know where you're going in the second half of the season as far as logistics is concerned, but that's for other people to uh, to work out. But sure. The key to me was that we didn't just play five other teams from the north of England year after year after year because that would have got a bit stale. A bit like, I think, the T20 almost has. It's, it's heading that way because we never play at Derbyshire. Anybody from the south, Hampshire were the second or the first team from the south of England they'd played when they played in the quarterfinal a few years yeah, ago, right. which is madness. It's nice to yeah. mix it up a bit, isn't it? Like you say, it is uh, absolutely the, the the mixing up element um, of the championship, um, and actually the the element of unknown and surprise if if you're good enough to uh, to finish in the right positions. 
the unknown of who you may then get drawn against. Um, uh, I think it's really exciting. And I do see the other side of the, um, of the argument that not everyone, well, not everyone can win it in 18 if it's one to 18, but at least in the smaller groups, um, in theory, there should be less dead rubber games because if you win a couple of games back to back, you're right back in uh, in the mix, Fletch. Well, there wasn't there wasn't a game last year, and we played in a group of six. There wasn't a game last year that wasn't an exciting game, yeah. was there? Even when we went to Liverpool last Absolutely. game of the uh, of the group stages, and I know we're playing everybody home and away this time, but it, it was it was it was on a, on a knife edge all the way through. It was terrific. Yeah, and I, and I yeah, I really hope that. That, that continues and I think this format gives um, that um, that the best opportunity to, to to continue do you will you have to prepare differently for the championship this year with it being a different format to how you traditionally would or do you just have to is it all all similar um I think the way that we sort of go about our own sort of de- developments as of players and uh, as a team I think that would change um, particularly Blake, but um, obviously we're playing against different op- opposition. So, yeah, some of the uh, analysis work and our game plans will definitely vary um, against certain teams uh, and particularly on certain grounds where, where we know um, the conditions will, will be different to some of the teams that we're used to playing in Division 2 slash the, uh, the North group. We get a night out in Worcester, which is, by the way, one of the better nights out. If we if we're allowed out by then, I mean, who knows? We may be in a hotel on the cricket ground, but no, not yeah, not not a surprise that you uh, that, that you know what the yeah the best couple of nights out on the on the uh, circuit are, Fletch. It's a terrific, ter- honestly. Worcester, Worcester no, it's a, ter- a lovely city, is it? Yeah, it, it, is. it really is, and a beautiful ground as well. Um, yeah, if you ever want to know the best nights are in uh, in cricket, just ask the p- person who books Fletcher's hotels for the away trips. I think that's uh, that's normally a decent <laughs> yardstick of uh, yeah, where, Fletcher, so. where Fletcher and Griff will be. Um, <laughs> so one thing, well, we've we've had quite a few questions on social media from a few of the uh, the, the Derbyshire members, which we'll get to in a bit. But one of one of them that was mentioned that I wanted to touch on was there'll be your your good mate. Uh, Tony Palladino won't be won't be around this year. So uh, someone who who you uh, who well, first of all who will you be car sharing with, and uh, what, what's it, what's it going to be like having having no Tony around? Because I can imagine it'll be a big loss. Well, first and foremost, yeah, absolute um, real privilege to have uh, played so much cricket sort of alongside Tony. Again, I, I know I speak on on behalf of the uh, the group here as well. Um, someone that always gave. Um, 110% uh, out on the field um, and well, without stating the obvious uh, incredibly skillful to have um, yeah, kept a career for 15 plus years as a, a, a medium oh, I, I might give him the I might give him the justice of medium fast maybe 10 12 years ago but uh, as, as, a, as a medium bowler and, and he'll know what I mean by that to have to have kept such a a long career and been so successful. Um, it's a real credit to um, his skill level, um, his 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 cricket brain. Um, he had to always develop. He couldn't keep still. He had to keep finding ways of of improving. Um, and his um, yeah, his, his physical fitness to keep uh, to keep playing to 
to the age he did is um yeah re- like he's had a yeah fan- fantastic career with um with Derbyshire and is a, a huge loss if you don't mind Bill it's nothing personal at all Blake I'm just going to nip off for a minute yeah absolutely we know why what what could possibly go wrong I mean Sol charge um how do you go about looking at replacing a player like Tony Palladino? Because it's very hard to, isn't it? Like someone who's got that experience, obviously coming to the end of the career. So it's it's and come to a natural end of coming to the end of your career, but um, or at the end of your time at Derbyshire. But it is it a hard gap to fill that experience, not just the the bowler, but the the, the name in the dressing room and the character and the personality. Yeah, it's a really good question. It one that. Um, quite frankly, yeah, I don't really feel qualified to answer. As, um, not many people play, I think Tony's 37, 38, um, play that long, whether they're a batsman or a bowler. So they obviously don't grow on trees. Um, so, yeah, how, how, you, how you sort of um, re- replace that sort of individual, I think it's almost sort of impossible. Not Not just Tony himself, but any sort of senior player at any club is always going to be a big gap um, to fill. Uh, I, I just think, again, that the, the last 12 months has, has shown us that there is um, lots of exciting young talent at the club and um, they'll have plenty of opportunities to um, hopefully go on and have um, a distinguished career at the club uh, like Tony did. Yeah. Is it, yeah, it's a real positive that it gives Derbyshire the opportunity to bring players through where at some counties, when you look at the test ground counties or some of the bigger counties, maybe some of that youth might go by the wayside because they've got, they don't get the opportunities. So it's a, is it an opportunity for, for Derbyshire to build something academy wise and, and youth wise of bringing these players through and, and using, using opportunities like that? Yeah, I think it's, it's always uh, throughout my sort of, 15 plus years as a professional at varying clubs it's it's always the million dollar question the, the the balance between sort of senior players good overseas player um develop developing players and and youngsters starting their career i think um each club has a has a different group of players and yeah i think getting that balance right is um is tricky but if if you can then um i think it does give you uh a the best chance of, of getting results out on the field, but um, B long-term uh, producing players that play for the club for um, a good chunk of time. We're still in the early stages of, of preparations for the upcoming season. Have you? What are the aims for well, both yourself as a as a player and captain, and and for the club? If, if is there targets in mind, or is it a bit early for that? Yeah, very much. Uh, too early for that, Blake. Uh, having just well, we've been on furlough for about four months, and we're only into our third week of um, of proper training. So uh, we've got guys that are sort of scattered all over the world. Um, uh, there's a, a a me a medium sort of size group of guys that are, are still in the country, sort of training hard here. So. Um, at, at the moment, our focus is very much as individuals and and as a group is um, just incrementally uh, incremental improvements each day at, at our game um, uh, and trying to develop so that when the season comes, we can start it the best that we can. 
you mentioned the bubbles and everyone in week three have you had to keep on top of things yourself do a lot of is there a responsibility on the players themselves to and trust to go out and do some of this stuff some of the stuff and get out and do some fitness and stuff like that as well yeah absolutely the um uh well the there's an app where we have to fill out an app sort of each day. Um, it's quite a rigorous um, protocol in terms of where you are allowed to walk and not allowed to walk at the county ground for understand, understandably so just to, to minimise risk. Um, yeah, lots of, lots of cleaning and um, smaller groups as well uh, have been essential in uh, making sure that sort of the, the quality of our, our work is uh, is high, um, but most importantly, that everyone involved is is as safe as possible. Um, but we're, we're, as you know, Blake, we're we're fortunate here in that we've got an excellent sort of bunch of uh, group of guys with a fantastic mentality, especially to their sort of physical fitness and um, their desire to improve as cricketers. So. Um, although there's yeah there's quite a bit of work set in our own time, um, not for one second is there an individual that springs to mind that you think um, they might they might be missing it. Um, yeah, we're, we're really fortunate, a really professional bunch we've got. Uh, it, it's funny actually. Just before we came on to record this, I was on Instagram and I think it was Tom Wood put it up with Alex Hughes. They're running up hills in in Darley Abbey. Just any right. put, just trying to get that extra yard, and I thought that's like, yeah, really, like yeah. just sprinting up and down hills, like and going, going. So it's it's setting the standard, isn't it? Getting that high standard there and, and keeping it there. Yeah, and yeah, there's as I said, there's uh, there'll be lots of guys that are um, that are doing that. Um, not all of them on social media. It's, it's brilliant to see the guys out this morning, but um, yeah, I can assure you that uh, yeah, there'll be a lot of silent guys as well out there that are. Are working equally as hard. We've had some questions off members because I've I realised this is quite a privileged position we're in to be able to sit down with. So I wanted to ask uh, the members some questions. Um, the first one was Matt Critchley about Critch. Um, obviously, player of the season last year, had another good season, young talent. Um, someone, uh, I'll find the name in a second, um, asked um, what would Critch have to do to be mentioned, even mentioned for an England call up, and, and how far away do you think that's a, a possibility? Sure, that's a big question. Um, well, first and foremost, Critch, I think, um, what I know is a, a really talented cricket, cricketer with a great future ahead. Um, he's contributed to helping us win games um, across sort of all formats with bat ball and in the field. Um, anyone like that, I think Critch's age, correct me if I'm wrong, he's maybe 23, 24. So he's still very young. He's got lots of years left to, to develop and um, and reach or fulfil the or his ambitions in the game um, which I know is to play at the very highest level uh, and yeah I'm really looking forward to um, yeah watching his progress and um, I'm sure one day he'll um, yeah he'll fulfil uh, all the ambitions that he's got Yeah I like Critch and from a, a fan's perspective he's, he's someone that's really impressed me on and off uh, the field of his attitude. And, Absolutely, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's definitely someone, yeah, you want um, you want out on the field of you. Well, do you think he could be a future captain? The next question I'm going to ask you is about your captaincy and, and how that's changed you, maybe as a player. Do you think Critch has got it in him to be a future captain? Um, I think we've got loads of guys in the change room that have um, 
definitely got the uh, credentials and the capability of uh, of being captain. Um, obviously, as the the current captain, the yeah, the decision about who who becomes captain and who should sort of moving forward is yeah, well well above my pay grade. But um, Critch certainly has m- many um, many credentials, m- many positives, uh, both on and off the field. Um, to become a, a captain one day uh, of a county team. Um, but there are quite a few uh, other guys in the change room that, that also have that. Just a broadband update. Fletcher's still not with us. If you're, if you're expecting to hear Dave Fletcher, he's still sorting his broadband. Um, how has captaincy developed you as a person? And for all aspiring captains, what's the most important piece of advice you would give? Um, uh, captain's definitely challenged as well as developed. I think he, um, yeah, it throws up uh, challenges sort of day in day out that you, yeah, you're not all, you're not always sure exactly what's uh, what's going to come. Uh, I think um, managing sort of my own game as as well as uh, my responsibilities on and off the field um, uh, is a great privilege and, and something that has uh, I've managed to do. Well, but at times has been um, uh, a great opportunity to, to learn from as well. Um, if I could give any, um, yeah, I don't, I, to answer the, the second question, I, yeah, I'm not. Um, all I would say is that anyone that got the opportunity to captain, I, I would say make sure that you um, you trust your gut, and especially out in the middle, you uh, you make the decision that. Uh, you think's best for the team, sort of in the heat at the moment. Do you enjoy the leadership side of it? Do you think that could lead on to when you're playing days are over, being a coach, being uh, leading a team in that way? Do you, do you enjoy that side of the game as well as the playing side of the captaincy? Um, I, at the moment, I just, yeah, I, I, I enjoy, I love playing cricket. So, um, absolute privilege to have, uh, well, to do what you, you love for a job. Um, sort of day in, day out, um, the fact that I uh, have the privilege to be sort of captain at the moment is um, is a great honour. And uh, at the moment, I'm just, yeah, just concentrating on that. Like, I'm not, not looking too too far ahead. <laughs> uh, how much would Billy like to get a century against Essex this season? Uh, I just would, yeah, a century against anyone, to be honest with you. It doesn't, Essex, I've, I've, I have a first-class 100 against Essex. Um, already so uh, another one would be great but it wouldn't mean any more or less than if it came against another county um they're obviously a fantastic team and um, i've got quite a few close friends um in in their uh, in their 11 so uh, it'd be nice to score 100 against them but not not any more or less than um uh, than anyone else i'll save the best till last um yeah. she's always there um do we book our hotel for the uh, LV final yet at Lords? I would. Um, I, well, I, I'm hope. I hope that there's an opportunity to stay in a hotel full stop at that stage. <laughs> um, uh, at the minute, if spectators got in the ground, I'd be yeah, I'd be very, I'm very happy. Um, but yeah, to, to look too that far ahead, Blake would. Um, yeah, would go against everything that I've said in this interview so far. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Let's let's hope for for Dyer's case. <laughs> yeah. So to, to sum up, then obviously, with um, 
it's still early days in preparation, but what's what's the mood like and, and what's are you just excited to be back playing some well, not playing some cricket, but with the prospect of playing some cricket? Yeah, absolutely. Just as I said earlier, the to have the opportunity to um prepare already for uh, for the forthcoming season and especially with the sort of landscape of, of the country and the world at the moment. Um yeah, we're, we're very fortunate um to to be doing what we love day in day out and um yeah we're we're working extremely hard everyone at the club uh, to make sure that we prepare our very best for uh, for the first game of the season and um, hopefully it's a, it's a real strong one from a selfish point of view uh, who do you think which one of the lads do you think could be decent to come on here and have a chat who would be decent to come we've had a couple we've had a couple on who've we had we've had uh, Finn Critch I can't remember now. Just someone who someone's got. Oh, hang on, hang on. I've just interrupted you there, Billy. Yeah. Let's head over to Dave Fletcher in Bolton for a broadband update. Fletch. Well, he's definitely here. Uh, he's <laughs> going to start drilling. Just be on the next wall to me in a moment because uh, I thought, well, I might as well have one in my bedroom as well. Eh? Uh, <laughs> so at any minute Life. now, it could get loud. Have I missed anything? <laughs> <laughs> just asking, just asking Bill uh, who, who we thought. Who he thinks would be decent to come on? Come on here. Well, yeah. every single every single cricketer that I've ever spoken to likes a chap. <laughs> oh, brilliant! Right. No, they, they, there's man. All, all the guys are good value for for different reason uh, reasons. Blake, the as you know, big cricket and football man yourself. Uh, dressing rooms, changing rooms have quite a diverse sort of range of, of characters. Um, um, yeah, I'm very confident in saying any of the guys you get on would be, would be a uh, good value. Nice one. Well, thank you very much for, uh, for that. I know people appreciate the, the update of, of uh, you, of how things are going and, and how everything's gone so far. Obviously you came on right at the very start of this podcast and it's gone from strength to strength. So thank you very much for, for always supporting us and always coming on. It's a, it's a real pleasure. Absolute pleasure, Blake. Good, good to speak as always. Anything to add, Fletch? Cheers, Phil. Cheers, Blake. Oh, nearly. <laughs> Cheers, Fletch. Take care. <laughs> Cheers, Blakey. Nice one. Cheers, Bill. <laughs> <laughs>